Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story with a professor. We'll get to that story in a bit, but first, Grounded. Worked as an inspection specialist for a large flying machine factory in the Seattle area. Bosses decided that they didn't want us to be on site on the weekend just in case we were needed. It was easy overtime for the most part because normally it was some routine easy stuff for 16 hours of overtime pay. After they announced their new policy, the team got together and agreed that if any of us got called in on a weekend, we would refuse to come in. The first Saturday after the new policy was installed, we had all planned on getting together to have some beers and barbecue. Side note, this was prior to personal cell phones. The phone rings at our host's house and it's our supervisor. She asks if the host can come in to do an inspection on one of the large flying machines due to be delivered the following week. When we make a delivery, the company gets paid for the flying machine. He tells her no, he's far too intoxicated to perform that kind of work, let alone drive in. She asks if she knows where one of our colleagues might be, and he tells her he's right here. Colleague tells her the same thing, and the process repeats until she's gotten to everyone who worked in our lab. Then we all got called at home on that Sunday as well with the same results. Not a lot they can do since we're not on the clock. Now, these flying machines will have a crew of several mechanics and QA people assigned to this particular machine. They literally have nothing to do without the results of our testing. The mechanics and QA were paid more than us, and they were drawing overtime just sitting there. Not to mention a multi-million dollar flying machine sitting there, unable to be delivered to the buyer until the work is completed. Monday rolls around and the first thing in the morning, one of us goes out and knocks the job off in about half an hour, and everything's right in the world. Tuesday morning, our management is asking us to put together an overtime schedule effective the following weekend. Apparently, someone higher up told them that burning a dollar to save a penny wasn't working. Their no more weekend overtime policy lasted literally one weekend. I'm just really glad that everybody complied here. This compliance definitely relied on the weakest link, and everybody did their part. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is the time my office became a daycare. At my workplace, we have an internal employee site where we can make announcements, post project updates, etc. For each post or comment, you can see the employee's name in a small profile photo. Most profile photos were normal, but it wasn't uncommon for someone's photo to include family, pets, or the person in an action situation, like skiing or running a marathon, nothing insane. Post-COVID, people sometimes started adding other kinds of flair or icons to their photos. Could be a sports team logo, a pride flag, or whatever else. Around election 2020, the situation began escalating. Some people changed their photos to elicit more charged emotions like Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, religious symbols, or just straight endorsements for some politician that was clearly meant to rile up another group. Since we were just in a state of total screw it at this point, a few brave individuals even changed their photos to anime. And one guy who shared a name with a famous person 
set his photo to a picture of the musician because he thought it was funny. HR stepped in and, rather than just say no political imagery, they probably didn't want to bother defining political and honestly at this point I didn't blame them, they made the rule, profile photos must be a clear headshot of the employee on a plain background. No other person, animal, flag, or other icons should be visible. You are permitted to wear a hat as long as it's a solid color and abides by other stated guidelines. They claimed this was due to the people displaying images that did not depict themselves or included a group of people which made it difficult for people to connect names to faces. But we all knew this was because of the political crap show happening internally. Next week, cue malicious compliance. The rules did not state that the photo had to be recent. Dozens of employees set their profile photo to be their baby photos. HR must have gotten a kick out of it and were probably just relieved the internal political war was over because a couple of them even joined in. Anyway, that's the story of how I worked at a company full of children. I mean, not gonna lie, if you have like an internal messaging system, I feel like this is kind of the way to go because there's nothing more stress relieving when you have to work a job you may not necessarily enjoy than having to stare at some baby pretending to reply to you from HR. At least it moderately makes it better to see, I'm sorry, your proposal was denied, when you can look up and pretend it's a baby saying it to you. Our next story is, write down my grandparents' address? Will do. So my school does a lot of fundraising, which is annoying considering what they're paid in tuition. As one of their fundraisers, they had us drag our grandparents into it. For a grade, we had to write a letter to our grandparents telling them how much we loved school and how great it would be if they could donate. Okay, way overstretching the boundaries here. First off, three out of four of my grandparents were dead at the time, and the other was completely insane with no idea how to handle money. Not gonna send a letter to her. However, it was mandatory to do this. I'm sure I could have wrote that I had no viable grandparents to write to, but I was pissed. So I looked up the cemetery where my favorite grandmother is buried and wrote that address down. I also included a note that said, Love you, hope you're doing well over there. Vague, but true. Turned it in, got a 100. I don't think they ever found out. My only regret is that now that poor cemetery gets a newsletter from my school every month. I definitely feel like this is one parent complaining away from just totally getting that whole process shut down. Definitely some kind of ethics violation. Not to mention, grandparents aren't always around, so yeah, there's probably a lot of people who don't have a grandparent. Or, God forbid, this brings up memories of a lost loved one. Our next story is, don't calculate a table's bills the moment you get their order ticket. It makes it hard to keep track. You got it, boss. This doesn't take place in the US, Europe, or Australia. This is set in Asia. I won't clarify where since it's not important, just wanted to give you guys context. For starters, I'm 23, a university student working part-time at my aunt's restaurant to make a little extra moolah before the academic year starts. My job is pretty simple. It's an all-rounder job where I need to take people's orders, send tickets to the kitchen, calculate each table's bills, handle payments, and clear tables. TLDR, I'm currently working part-time as a waitress. I'm only here until the end of this week because I secured another gig elsewhere before the academic year starts. So I figured, why not finish this week for a little extra cash before then? I get along with most of the staff, all of whom are a decade or so older than me, and said individuals work at the restaurant full time. 
one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's another part-timer, 19, who's working here and he comes to work whenever he's able since he's studying too. He wasn't around for a couple of weeks, so I've been left to sort out most waitressing matters. My shifts during lunch hour get particularly busy, which is why my system keeping the workflow super smooth is a crucial point to this post. The moment after bills have been settled, tables need to be cleared immediately because new customers come pouring in, and some insist on being seated even before the tables have been cleared or wiped down. I came up with a system in the three weeks that I've been working here that works for both myself and my colleagues. Upon receiving tickets for orders that have been received, I always key in their order according to the table they're sat, so that it's less time consuming in the event other customers want to settle their respective bills. Customers are expected to come to the payment counter when they're ready to pay, so the system is a lot easier and much more efficient than letting tickets pile up and only calculate the bill right when customers are about to pay which results in a longer line. I always make it a point to ask customers if their food has all arrived, if they're satisfied with the quality of their order, and if they ordered anything else that I hadn't seen on their tickets. Once they verify their orders are correct, that's all. I go about my day and mind my business. That was until the other part-timer approached me earlier today. His point was an eyebrow raiser for sure. I'm not the type of person to pick fights or argue, so since he was so insistent that my way of doing things was making it difficult for him to keep track of additional orders at each table, I decided to just let him have at it since he was so happy to tell me how to do my job. I simply smiled and nodded at him, making a beeline to the cleaning supplies and thinking to myself, you want me to stop punching in people's orders? Sure thing. For a solid hour or two, I only collected the tickets, bringing them to the cash register and letting them pile up, just as he requested. When I noticed customers stand up from their seats and make their way to the payment counter, I would speed walk to the cleaning supplies and start collecting plates to show that my hands were occupied and that I wouldn't be able to sort out people's bills. I left it all to my dear coworker, who tried telling me what to do and how to do it. It was the right call to make because the line that followed, due to his insistence on changing the system, snaked about halfway through the restaurant, full of customers waiting their turn to pay their bill. Once lunch hour had died down, I smiled to myself and went back to keying in people's tickets the way I always had. My part-time coworker sheepishly approached me with the new additions to existing orders since then. I don't mind the idea of questioning a process if you think it's not correct or you think it could be more efficient, 
But if somebody has something to say about why it's better to do it this way and why it's more functional, it might be worth listening to. Our next story is A Student's Malicious Compliance Backfires. This is a story from one of my college friends, Zach, and how he one day deciding to jokingly comply with a professor's request, only to have it shot right back in his face. So, for quick background, Zach and I were both students in our university's department for fields such as animation, game design, and film. Since Zach and I studied similar fields, Zach studied game design and I studied animation, we were both required to take a series of classes called 3D modeling with a professor I'll call Professor Rick. Rick was a -a one-of-a-kind professor who was not only experienced in the field, but also a very understanding and approachable man who knew how to make the subject fun and easy for all of us. 3D modeling, as you'd probably expect, was a very project-heavy class. Each month or so, you'd be assigned a project. Let's say, for example, the project is a fully detailed and functioning lamp model, which you would work on both in and out of class throughout the month. You'd also be required to submit your current progress online each week for feedback, and an easy A as long as you've shown you were making progress. Classes would usually be spent talking about the next part of the project, and then working on them. As long as you were actually doing the work, listening to Rick's feedback, and actively improving, the class was an easy A. Pretty simple, right? Anyway, the story begins about a week after one of these projects started. One day, Zach's laptop suddenly had massive technical issues and needed to be repaired. While he was assured the issue could and would be fixed, he wouldn't be able to get the laptop back before the following week, after the deadline for the upcoming progress report was due. Not only was this a problem because Zach couldn't access the progress he'd already made on the project, but also because these projects required a very specific type of software that you couldn't access on any normal school computer. These projects also required hours to work on, so he couldn't just borrow a laptop to use to finish the project. So Zach had no choice but to talk to Professor Rick about his issue. Thankfully, Rick understood what was going on, because like any person would in this industry, he knew how unpredictable technology could be and that issues tended to happen. On top of that, he knew already that Zach had been working on his project in class, so he knew Zach wasn't lying. So when Zach asked what he could do for the upcoming progress report, Professor Rick said, just submit whatever you've got and I'll grade it, don't worry about it. Now, Zach knew what Professor Rick probably wanted. Since we were required to submit progress reports each week, Zach could have easily have used a campus computer to download a previous file and resubmit it with no issue. However, Zach had another idea. See, Zach is a huge fan of dry humor, so did Professor Rick. So Zach thought it would be funny to submit something different for Professor Rick instead of what he'd expect. So he submitted a simple one-page Word document with sorry in big letters written in the middle. He then left a comment attached to the submission saying, sorry, I didn't think you'd care what I turned in, so I gave you this. Zach then moved on with his day. Professor Rick said nothing to him about it, and about a week passed. Like I mentioned before, most of these projects were guaranteed A's. So when Zach saw the notification that the grade was submitted, he didn't think to check right away. Then one day, while looking through the app we used to submit our work, he noticed something off. His grade for 3D modeling, which was once an A, was now a C-. He was completely confused. 
and upon investigating what could be the cause, he noticed one grade that looked very different. The progress report received a grade of negative 200 out of 100. Zack was absolutely stunned. How the heck was a negative score even possible? He quickly checked the submission and saw underneath his comment was a reply from Professor Rick that said, Sorry, I didn't think you'd care what grade I gave you, so I just gave you this instead. Zack panicked, thinking he made Professor Rick angry, and as soon as the next class started, he approached the professor with his laptop open to the grade to ask what the heck was happening. But before he could speak, Professor Rick saw the grade, saw Zack's face, and started laughing. He laughed hard. Zack then realized what was going on and started laughing too. The grade was changed to a 100 out of 100 the very next day. God, I genuinely loved my professors. Honestly, Professor Rick sounds like a pretty great teacher. Very, very understanding. I think we've all had those kinds of teachers growing up where you feel like if you were in a situation like Zack was, they would not tolerate it and your grade would be doomed no matter what. Technology be darned. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.